Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. It's good to be back online again with you all. I believe you're already having a great week. God is a faithful God. Shall we pray, worship Him? We bless you, Abba Father. Oh, hallelujah. We worship you. You're worthy. Worthy to receive glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving. You never fail. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Faithful God, we worship you, the God who has become our Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Blessed be your holy name. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to your holy name. For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. We exalt thee, we exalt thee, we exalt thee, O Lord, we exalt thee, we exalt thee, we exalt thee, O Lord, hallelujah, bless your holy name, all the name of Jesus, Shalamanda. We're so grateful, Hamashamarababaya. Oh, we give you thanks in this place, Mashapralabal Mariante. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is filled with your glory, Mashaparabariabalabakandai. Oh, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Hallelujah. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Hamashtere babroda bronde belmeri de breste. Blessed be your holy name. Worship you, worship you. Worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you, Lord. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Hallelujah. Worship and adore you. Worship and adore you. Worship and adore you, Lord. Libro socote le brebeliste brenicedo bosolo brende. Riboscaramande le bocotoriende le basharamanda. Oh, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Mashabriande, oh, Masharabariande, Rebosorobarabakasandaya. Worship and adore you, Lord. Repero kosabaramal bariende. 
so grateful for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Hallelujah. Oh, so grateful. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we receive from your mercy right now. Hallelujah, faithful God. Faithful God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we receive. Oh, we receive, we receive in Jesus' name. Oh, we give you thanks. Oh, we give you thanks. Oh, we give you thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. Barabadi Abradabasantarabariandaragashataya. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We receive from your mercy today. We receive from your goodness today. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Abba Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We call every need met, every yoke destroyed, every burden removed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for life. Thank you for breath. Thank you for all things. We receive in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Today we have a little um, experiment that we are doing with our app, our Canada app, uh, which will be doing verses for us. So... Um, we'll keep uh, in faith and believe that it'll all work out well. Thank you, team. Hallelujah. Let's open up our Bibles, first of all, to 1 John. That's at the end of your Bible, very close to Jude and Revelation. You must be familiar with it. 1 John 1, and notice verse 9 is very familiar. If we confess our sins... 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God that you don't have to get born again, again, and again after you've accepted Jesus. You get uh, washed in the blood as you have been born again, and then you get sprinkled anytime you confess your sins. There's a sprinkling that takes place uh, where your sins are washed away. Whatever you have confessed to the Lord is cleansed by confessing it, and the precious blood of the Lamb takes care of it. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Any form of unrighteousness is cleansed. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. Now, verse 10 says, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Well, glory to God. You're not a sinner anymore, but... If you have sinned, you can be washed and cleansed, praise God, and uh, sprinkled with the blood of the Lamb. And actually, the context here is talking about fellowship. Verse 8, if you read backwards, it says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. What is he talking about? If we say that we have no sin... He's still talking about some sin. Notice that. And as you back up again, if we walk in the light, verse 7 says, as he is in the light, notice we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. So he's talking about the fact that there can be a breaking of fellowship that takes place after you become a believer and that has to be dealt with. You cannot walk out of fellowship with God that makes you carnal, that makes you fleshly, and so you can be uh, guilty there. And so that is the sin he's talking about, walking out of fellowship with God. So let's hear verse 9, first of all, in Kannada. Now, Namma Papa Galano, Arike, Mardi, the Reatanu, Nambigastanu, Niti, Vantanu, Agiru, other in the Namma Papa Galanukshamisibitu, Sakala, Aniti, in the Namanu, Shuddhi, Marduvanu. Amen. That's good. Notice the seventh verse also. Let's hear that in Kannada. Atanu Bedakin Aliru, Vante, Navu, Bedakin Ali, Nadere, Navu, Ubara, Sangada Lobaru, Anyonyate, Lideve, Atana Maganada, Yesu Christana, Raktavu, Namanu, Sakala, Papa, Dinda, Shudimadutade. Amen. So notice here it's about walking in the light that we have, and the light means the light of revelation, the light of knowledge, the understanding that you have, you are expected to walk in that light. If you do not walk in that light, then you're walking out of fellowship and then there is a problem and uh, you, you are not necessarily receiving the mercy uh, and the cleansing that you ought to be enjoying. See, so we have to be as Christians, as believers, careful that we are walking in all the light that we have. And then whatever happens, praise God, you know, it's, it's not necessarily for you to be guilty or to bang your head about it anymore because you walked in all the light, in all the revelation that you have. Praise God. So that's uh, some of the thoughts we are considering today. So sometimes, you know, even in parents, 
relationships with their children. There may not be anything um, really terribly wrong between them, but there can be strained fellowship. There can be a situation where the children are not enjoying that fellowship. Uh, you can sense it around the table at lunchtime or dinner time. There's this silence and there's no flow going on, you know. So um, that kind of thing happens not because God makes a mistake. It's not God's fault. It's us, you know, who are supposed to walk in that fellowship and walk in the light of the word and understanding that we have. The entrance of God's word gives light. It gives understanding. It makes us walk in a certain path, in a certain way. Hallelujah. So we, we want to talk about a few things like that today. And whoever doesn't walk in fellowship, you could say is walking in, uh, you know, in the flesh. If you're not walking in fellowship with God, then you are basically uh, walking according to your senses, according to your feelings, according to your emotions. And that makes one a carnal Christian. It's possible for a Christian to be fleshly and carnal. And um, so that is, you know, uh, going to be a waste. Whatever you do in fleshly pursuit and claim to be doing it for God actually doesn't bring any rewards. So it's good to keep in fellowship with God anytime you know you've missed your walk with Him. Get in the cleansing mode, confess it, and be free from it and enjoy fellowship with our Father, with the great Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So um, it's those kind of thoughts we have uh, in our mind today. Let's turn in also to Deuteronomy chapter 29. 28 is probably very outstanding in our thoughts because it's about the blessing that we uh, have as believers. But 29 says, in verse 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children, for even that we may do all the words of this law. Let's hear that in Canada also. Rahasyagalu namma devarada kartanige seriddu, adare prakatavada ee nyayapramanada matu galanella navu maduvahage namagu namma makkaligu nityavagi iruttave. Amen. So, the things that are revealed to us belong to us. There are some things that are not revealed all the time. Whatever is in the scripture, thank God for it and we can pray and believe God for revelation. Um, pray Colossians and Ephesians prayers and begin to expect revelation to be filled with the knowledge of His will and so forth. All these are so that we can walk in a certain way, walk worthy of the calling and represent Jesus, etc. But notice there are things that you may not really have an answer to. You may uh, be in the dark about certain things. You know, like um, why did so-and-so die? Even though they were believing God, I know they are believers. Why don't they receive? Uh, how come prosperity is not working for me? Or, you know, things like that. I believe God, I'm praying, and this and that hasn't happened. And so, you know, maybe I'm not going to enjoy this Christian walk anymore like that. I won't be so strong. 
uh, about it and all of those kind of things. You know, certain things may not be very clear, the why and the if and what not, you know, and so forth. So many questions may not be fully answered uh, in your mind, but God is a faith God, and so we have to, in spite of the challenges in our natural thinking, uh, the questions that come up, we have to just trust Him, and faith involves not just uh, acting on the Word, but also trusting His person, that He is looking out for us, He's on our side, and we don't have to worry. If, if we don't know certain things, don't worry about it. God is a faithful God. What we know, let's do that. How much light we have, let's walk in that. The things that you don't know, praise God. God knows, and if you need to know, He'll let you know. Praise God. <laughs> so those kind of thoughts must be accepted. You know, no matter how uh, curious and sharp and desirous we are, we may not know everything. When we meet Him face to face, then we will know all things uh, as He knows, I believe, according to the Scripture. So, till that time, we need to trust God uh, for things that we may not even thoroughly understand. Hallelujah. You know, the book of Revelation is uh, a very quizzical type of book, and sometimes you don't understand exactly what's going on there. And, um, you know, there are verses in Ezekiel also that you may not understand, and so on and so forth. So it's a life of trusting God for answers. And whatever He reveals to us, praise God for that. And uh, whatever you have not received revelation on, well, God is faithful. He will, in His faithfulness, enlighten us uh, when the time is ready. You know, He's in charge of the times. So... Uh, we are not in charge of the times. And so let him reveal to us when it pleases him. Let's go to the book of Matthew also, the 10th chapter, and observe a line there. Matthew chapter 10. And let's see if we can find something there. Verse 26. Fear them not, therefore... For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What an amazing verse. Let's hear that in Kannada also. Matthew 10.26. Amen. So amazing. He says there is nothing hid that shall not be revealed. How about that? That looks like a guarantee that whatever looks like a mystery and hidden, God is going to reveal. God is going to unveil it. But the timing of that is not really in our hands. <laughs> so that's why we de de declare that we are patient and we work on this thing called patience. Patience is a very powerful thing that you have to develop as a believer you know, my mom used to constantly say, Michael, you have to be patient. You have to be patient. She used to say that a lot. You must learn to be patient. You must learn patience. Patience is a virtue. She used to say all those things, you know. This was when we were growing up and uh, even after I grew up. So um, it's a very precious thing, this thing called patience. 
And it means the power to endure and stand no matter what it looks like, even if you don't understand what's going on. Hallelujah. We're going to trust God. We're going to trust His Word and uh, develop this virtue called patience. So um, God will reveal things, those things that He knows are for us, uh, when He feels like it is time. You know, God is uh, a very special person. If you were there for the fasting and prayer um, message, if you listened to it, oh, it was very, very uh, touching to know how caring, loving, and concerned He was and is and is continuing to be. Who knew us before the foundation of the world, before time began? It's amazing, you know. Um, before time <laughs> Hallelujah. We were already in his thoughts, in his heart, his plans, and he planned wonderfully for us. And um, it will be unveiled and it will unfold either here or in eternity. So there are chances that you may not understand some things right now. Hallelujah. Get used to that. But meantime, you know, keep pressing for seeking after, desiring so that you can walk in a certain place. You can walk uh, as He walked and as He expects us to walk today. Hallelujah. So we are the ones who should be desiring for, hungering, thirsting after further revelation, understanding, so that we can walk in that place uh, and enjoy His benefits. Thank God. You know, God is a faithful God. And so if He says He will unveil things, it's, it's good. Just trust Him. God is faithful. Amen. So, um, let's go further. Let's look at a question or two. You know, for instance, Job. Job is a good person to ponder about and question. You know, even poetry in the world has some thoughts on Job and his ideas of God. And you, you know by now that Job did not know what you and I know. Hallelujah. So um, he could not walk further than that. But you must appreciate the fact that Job trusted God still. Some of the statements he made are proof. For instance, when friends, relatives, and so on began to challenge his faith, notice what Paul, uh, Job said. Let's go to Job and let's look at the second chapter. Job is a famous book for people who like to argue about God and, you know, in a negative way. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Job 2 and verse 9, notice, Then said his wife unto him, his wife is really close. Your wife should be close to you, as close as uh, Christian love is. So thank God for that. So you know, this is a story of a woman who is very close to him. And his wife said, Do you still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. So, this wife knows her husband pretty well. And is supposed to understand the kind of man he is and how his devotion to God is. And, you know, she is being influenced here to tell him, Curse God. Notice that. Curse God and die. Why are you still retaining your integrity during the challenges that uh, Job endured because of his own fear? The Bible says what he feared came upon him. 
And the door that he opened through fear is now uh, causing him to suffer loss. And eventually he loses amazingly everything, including his children. And, uh, you know, it's a terrible place to find yourself. But notice that um, <laughs> whether you're close to somebody or not, you don't know what their heart is. Only God sees the heart. Only God sees man's heart. Praise God. You don't know their deep thoughts. You don't know their bargains with God. You don't know their communion with God. You don't know their deep feelings. You only see on the outside what they seem to tell you. Of course, these things manifest. But honestly, you really don't know anybody the way God knows us. Hallelujah. So, um, you know, his wife, very close person, is now beginning to say, curse God and die. At least you know you've done something. <laughs> Let's read that in Kannada also. Job 2 verse 9. Aga avana hendatiyo avanige innu yathartha padalli ulididdiyo devarannu shapisi sai andalu. Very nice reading, sister. Verse 10, but he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women. See how he reprimands her? He says, You are speaking like a foolish woman. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? See, he does not understand what you know from the book of James, that God is a giver of every good and perfect gift, that there's an enemy. In fact, Satan was not yet unveiled, uh, you know, to Job's thinking at this point. He did not know that there was someone like this. <laughs> Praise God. But, um, you know, he's still holding on there. He's saying, shall we not receive evil uh, and also good? Why should we now discount God? You see, that's the way he's talking. So it concludes here, in all this did not Job sin with his lips. Hallelujah. So in God's eyes, based on what he knows, he has not sinned with his lips. Isn't that interesting? Because that's how much light he has. According to the light he has, he has said the right thing. He's still trusting God, even though he doesn't understand what has happened. This whirlwind of problems that have suddenly come upon his life, suddenly, and he's not at rest, he's not at peace, everything is just going and it's getting worse, and he's afflicted with boils. And he, in verse 8, he says he has been scratching himself with a broken piece of pottery. And in the midst of all that, even though the closest person to him, his wife, you know, who's been with him for years, they've raised up children, they've seen everything, she knows him to some extent, says, why don't you just curse God and die? Are you still retaining your integrity? See, things like that. So... Even though this man does not have that much revelation like you and I have, he's still holding on to God. Hallelujah. Let's hear verse 10 also in Canada. Amen. So, you can sin with your lips. Be careful that, you know, you may have wandering thoughts that are not resolved. 
floating around in your thinking, in your imagination, but you don't have to release them. Praise God. Ponder on what you speak before you speak it because you could sin with your lips. You see, so according to the understanding, the revelation that this man had, he still had not sinned with his lips. He was confused, yes. Uh, Different times he accused God of things that were not God in origin or godly in origin. But um, from what he knew, he still trusted God. You can see that. Hallelujah. Notice Job's friends also. They are nothing better. They are also off there, you know, saying this and that, the other about, you know, trying to comfort him, but with nothing really comforting. (laughs) Let's go also to another chapter in Job and see a kind of summary of the kind of things he thought and said. In Job 13, notice verse 15, he says, Though he slay me, Yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain my own ways before him. Let's hear that in Kannada. It's an interesting line. Amen. So he says, even if God is slaying me, even if God is killing me, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to be committed to him. I'll read the Amplified. He says, I do it because though he slay me, yet will I wait for and trust him. And behold, he will slay me. I have no hope. Nevertheless, I will maintain and argue my ways before him, even to his face. That's what uh, it's supposed to sound like in the present day version of English. In other words, I will maintain what I know about him. I will still believe what I believe, even though he slays me. In quote, you know, he's uh, saying God is the one who's probably destroying his life and killing him. And he's just going to love him and maintain his devotion to him. Even though he doesn't understand, uh, he's going to maintain his own thoughts about God and defend himself. (laughs) Praise God. You can see the man has some serious degree of commitment to God in spite of all of the stuff that's going on. You know, so there are people who have become believers and because things did not happen the way they wanted, you know, naturally speaking, there's a tendency to not be so bold, to not be so excited, to not be so uh, thrilled about the whole God and the Word and church and believers and all of that. And to just kind of step away because um, you did not really get it the way you wanted or somebody you believed in did not get it or someone that is close to you did not really receive, etc., etc. You know, there's a whole uh, area there. But thank God that you can also trust God in spite of all these things and say, well, I don't understand Um, like I need to, God has got it, He knows everything, and He loved me before time began, He loved me before the foundation of the world, He has already taken care and has made sure that He's going to keep me until that day, hallelujah, praise God, and still get excited. So there's a tendency for people to lose their powerful testimony and the exuberant Christian life 
just because they didn't get it the way they wanted, they didn't see what they wanted to see, the time they wanted to see it especially. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we are just looking at thoughts like that. Meantime, you and I know it's not God's fault. It's never God's fault. <laughs> Ever. He's the perfect one. He's totally perfect. There's no one else that's perfect. He's perfect. All his ways are just. All his ways are pure and tried. His ways are right. Hallelujah. So um, whatever experience and situation you go through, whatever expectation you have, whether it lines up with what you thought, what you felt, it does not really matter. We should learn to trust God. These things may be easier to say than to experience. I know you know that too. Praise God. But we are making sure that our soul gets to understand these things and uh, trust God in spite of it all. Amen. We are all in a process of being strengthened, comforted with everlasting comfort and hope and expectation. Very positive, very powerful, moving in that direction. Amen. That's where our target is. So while we're passing through this earth life, we need to be bolstered, strengthened, stabilized again and again. They that are strong and are stable, they shall do. They shall do exploits. Hallelujah. So let's look at uh, the end of Job's story. After all has been said and done, notice there in the very last chapter 42, observe there, and it was supposed to be, according to scholars, a period of about maybe uh, nine months or so that all this happened. It was not his whole life, you see. The enemy had taken advantage of things and uh, praise God for the good news. Notice here, verse 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job, notice that, when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Notice who the hero is here, the Lord. The Lord turned everything around. No matter what has happened, God can turn it all around. Notice that word, turned around. He says, he turns the captivity around. In other words, you're not a captive anymore. You're not under bondage anymore. You're not under that situation anymore. Hallelujah. He's the God who turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. You see, at some point, Job took his eyes off himself and began to consider his friends, others. See, this whole thing about God is, God is like that. God is a personality is a person who thinks about us. He's not thinking about himself. <laughs> he laid down his life. He gave us the understanding of laying down your life for someone else. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. And so the closer we get to him, the more we begin to consider others and other people and begin to give them value to a place where we value them even above ourselves. Wow, that's, that's a tall order. That's out there. Amen. But we need to familiarize ourselves with these things because whatever is revealed to us is for us and our children. It's not a secret, you know. So we may not want to receive it, but it's revealed. That is the core of his nature, you know. 
the thing about God is, is not just that He's a God who prospers us and He's a God who meets our needs and so on and so forth. The most powerful things about Him are things like He's with us day after day, year after year, faithfully by our side, again and again. Isn't that amazing? Wow, awesome God. So you cannot help. Of course, he's the God of prosperity and healing and blessing and wholeness and soundness. To say that he doesn't do that is blasphemous. That does not line up with his character at all. He is the God of the blessing. He is the giver. He did not uh, you know, cause any negative thing on the earth at all. It was totally positive. Everything he thought about was for blessing, for good. Everything he created was good. And after he created the woman, he said it was very good. Hallelujah. So, you know, though Job's wife has now become villainous and influenced the children and, uh, you know, all of that, it still did not change Job. You must be able to hold on to what you believe about God, no matter who, no matter what. Thank God we can learn that. And uh, let's hear verse 10 of Job 42 in Canada, please. Oh, yeah, he gave him twice as much as he had before. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that just like he should be? Praise God. That's God. That's our Father. The God of Job is our Father. He gives. He turns things around and He gives you minimum of twice as much as you had before. Before all of that mess. Before all of those things plagued us. Praise God. Ha, ha, ha. Woo! Notice that. And as you keep reading further down, I'm going on. Verse 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, thousand yoke of oxen, a thousand she-asses. Uh, he had also seven sons and three daughters. Wow. Notice that. Let's, let's observe there, verse 13 in Canada also. He had also seven sons and three daughters. And verse 14 says, and He called the name of the first Jemima, the name of the second, Kesia, the name of the third, Karen Hupak, Hapuk, and 15 continues, and in all the land where no women found so far or fair as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. After this lived Job 140 years, saw his sons <laughs> and his sons' sons, even four generations. Notice that Job died being old and full of days. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Maybe we can see verse 15 in Canada. Yobana Kumar Tera Hage Saundariavati Radha Striaru Deshadalilla Kanalilla Avaratande Avara Sahodara Madhyadali Avarige Badjate Nukotanu. Amen. Notice there, the boys' names are not mentioned, but the girls' names are mentioned. So, you know, the fact that his, his daughters were beautiful, 
The fact that his daughters were given inheritance among all the brothers or among the family, among the children is mentioned, highlighted. This is a very old book showing that uh, Job had that kind of heart where he thought the women and the daughters were precious and they, they should be treated right and they should be blessed and so on and so forth. And the man lived and saw his children's children. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. It's nice to see um, that he has these amazing qualities and he is so blessed. Praise God. So thank God, you know, we're getting understanding, we're getting light, and we're getting a hold of these realities. And um, thank God for that. Let's go on. Let's observe some verses like that. So sometimes it's if you find out there's something wrong, and you are not enjoying benefits as you ought to, well, you can check your life and see. You know, for instance, Psalm 66 says in verse 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Notice that. Let's see if we can hear that in Canada also. Psalm 66 verse 18. Amen. So, you know, uh, if you regard iniquity in your heart, in your deep thoughts, if there's unforgiveness, there's uh, doubt, fear, all of these, you know, uh, faithless ideas and so on, it's better to just get rid of them, confess them, turn to the Lord and tell Him that you messed up, you are not thinking right, Get it out of the way, then you can be sure the Lord is hearing you. Glory to God. Notice verse 19 says, But verily God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Hallelujah. Maybe we can hear that also in verse 19. Amen. And he continues in 20, Blessed be the God which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, yeah. He's a father who's known as the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You know, you need to get more and more leaning in on the mercies of God. Mercy can be also defined as grace in action. Hallelujah. It's all of His goodness, all that He paid for, poured out towards us, moving in our direction, causing things to happen in our lives and through our lives. Hallelujah. So, um, you know, I love mercy a lot because I'm very, very aware that it's because of His mercies that I'm not consumed, that I'm here day after day after day. Amen. So let's proceed. Let's enjoy Him uh, further as much as we can. Let's go on. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We'll look at um, another scripture there. Let's go to the book of, uh, starting with John chapter 1. John 1, and I read from verse 1. This is powerful because it must be the foundation constantly in our lives. Verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2 continues, The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, 
And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, verse 4 continues, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, and the light shineth in darkness, the darkness comprehended it not or could not overcome it. Praise God. Notice here that God and the word and the life of God have not changed. From him came everything. From that word, all things have come forth. Life, light, all of the understanding and revelation that we have came from him. Thank God, thank God, thank God. We worship him, we thank him. Verse 10 continues, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. Praise God. So there is, there is a part of us, even as believers, called the natural man, which uh, is like everybody out there. And the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. They are foolishness unto him. Amen? So we have to constantly make sure that the natural man's thinking is renewed by the Word of God, which is the same yesterday, today, forever, and has all life and all blessing and all fullness. Amen. Let's see if we can hear uh, John 1, verse 1 and 2 in Canada, and up to verse 3, please. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hmm. Awesome. Maybe we can hear verse 10 also. Hallelujah. So we have not just a natural man and a natural way of thinking, we also have the mind of Christ. The same chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, which said 14, that we have the natural man, says also verse 16, that we have the mind of the Christ. We have access to his kind of thinking through the word, which has not changed. The word became flesh and created everything. It has not changed. It gives life. Notice, life, everything comes from that same word. Hallelujah. And that word has been given to us in written form and is becoming real to us as we pray and understand the move of the Spirit over the Word, it becomes alive. Praise God. The Spirit of God is unveiling this thing to us. The Scriptures are revealed by the Holy Spirit. Until then, that book means nothing much. But once the Spirit of God begins to move upon these things and quicken these things, they come out and they suddenly make all the difference in your life. Hallelujah. So, notice there, that we have access to the very mind and the thoughts of the Christ. So let's hear 1 Corinthians 2, 16 in Canada also. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. So you and I have this precious place and position of really seeing how God thinks and thinking like Him. <laughs> Glory to God. And as a man thinks, so is he. And that begins to now manifest on the outside and people begin to see that that light is flowing out of you and that light is not hidden, it's not covered, it's becoming available and everybody's seeing it and they're saying, this did not come from him originally, it must have come from God because I know this man, he's quite natural like you and I, but there's a part of him that is releasing all of this godly life, this godly power. Hallelujah. You're living in the same planet. You know, you're in the same city. Maybe you're even neighbors, but you know, your life is different because you are walking in the light of the revelation of the mind of the Christ. Hallelujah. And things are different. For instance, if you consider the kind of person he is, maybe... Um, about a month ago, we had started talking about how Jesus decided to stay two more days over in the, uh, in the town there of Samaria, you know. So, very, very interesting. <laughs> Let's go back there and notice, why should Jesus, who's a very busy person, who's the Son of God, who's the one that created everything himself, why should he be, in quote, forced to come to a town like Samaria, you know. Notice John chapter 4, verse 4, and he, the Bible says, and he must needs go through Samaria. <laughs> Look at how King James talks about it. He must needs go through Samaria. So why must he go through Samaria? And the answer is, there was a woman there who he knew that this woman was going to now accept Jesus, accept the fact that he's the Messiah, and her life is going to be changed, and through her life being changed, that whole town, Samaria, is going to be affected. Isn't that interesting? Now, Jesus has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. <laughs> Get that. Keep this. It's a very precious thought that we stumbled upon, God wants us to know that He has not changed. Those who are going to be affected, those who are going to be desirous of Him and the things of the Spirit, they draw Him to that place. Amen? Not necessarily the whole town, but one person can actually draw. And then through that one person, many others are affected. Notice the importance of each person. Each person is so vital in this whole thing that we are talking about and living out. Don't be worried and compare yourselves with others. You know, you are vital. You are important. Your walk with God is important. How you handle His thinking is important. You may not understand everything, but what you understand, walk in it. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to a familiar thought along those lines because sometimes, you know, you fumble along the way basically from comparison. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter says there in verse 12, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some 
that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Did you notice that? There's a lot of themselves, themselves, themselves. We are not supposed to compare ourselves with others. We are supposed to compare ourselves with the revelation of the Word of God in our lives. Hallelujah. Stand next to the Word and see if you are comparing with the Word. Where do you stand with the Word of God? Let's hear that in Canada also, please. Amen. Hallelujah. So there is this lady, not of any great repute, except in the negative. You know, she's come to a well and Jesus is alone at the well. And his disciples have gone looking for food. And um, he said, we must needs go to this city. And so all of his efforts were to be at the right place at the right time. And there he is just around a well. And the woman has come for water. She's come to the same well. And the conversation continues. And in that conversation, she says, the Jewish people, you know, do not usually have any dealings with Samaritans. And uh, she found out eventually that God loves all tribes, all communities, as long as they are open to Him. Wow, He holds nothing against anyone, whether they be Jew or Greek, male or female. Praise God. God is the same. He loves us. And eventually she gets to know the gift that is there, and she receives and uh, connects with that gift and begins to understand how the flow of eternal life is supposed to be, like the well there that she came to drink from, and it would be unending that the thirst would be quenched, praise God, that she would not have to keep coming to that well for spiritual drink. <laughs> Hallelujah. That she can carry that well within her. And then he steps into the spirit realm and picks out understanding about her, that she was not married uh, even though she had ten men, and so on. And these things just jarred her life. And she went out saying, I met someone who told me all that I am. And she said, he's the Messiah, come and see him. And the whole town came there, and they were so impressed with Jesus, they, they wanted him to stay there, and he stayed for two days. Hallelujah. This is the Jesus that we are talking about. This is the Word of God. He has not changed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hebrews 13 says in verse 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Hallelujah. This is the person that you and I are calling our Lord and Savior. He has given us His Word and so the Word cannot change. It will never change. It endures forever. Hallelujah. You're not making a mistake by planting your life on the Word of God. By living your life out of that word, you are not making a mistake. He and his word cannot be separated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's so good. So these times that we're spending uh, prayerfully trying to see what God has for us from his word, I believe these are very precious moments 
And we're not wasting our life. We're not wasting our time. Hallelujah. Jesus himself had a tradition. He would go into the synagogue and the word would be given. He would open it and begin to teach and preach from that book. Praise God. And so that was how he lived. And uh, <laughs> glory to God. What a privilege to follow in his footsteps. Let's go to the book of Mark and now see. Mark chapter 4. Notice there some things. So observe for a minute that here in a town called Samaria, people are receiving him. He comes to his own home, a place called Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth, and they cannot receive him. Isn't that interesting? Hallelujah. Praise God. So this parable here would probably give us a thought or two. Let's go to Mark 4 and verse 2. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Some fell, verse 5, on the stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Verse 6, But when the sun was up, it was scorched, notice that, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and it did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, some an hundred. Amen. So observe here from what we have read, he says he taught them these things and then he began to explain this particular parable and uh, as we study along we find out that the sower sowed the word, that the word was the seed. Amen. And that what changed was the hearts. Notice, the word is the same. The word is the seed. The word never changes. The hearts change. That's what changes. Notice that. So, in Nazareth, for instance, let's go there, Matthew 13. There was something about them there where they could just not accept certain things. Verse 58 of Matthew 13. Maybe we can read from verse 57. And they were offended in him, but Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country, in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. In other words, he just could not do anything there, even though he was the same Jesus who is good, who is the healer, who is the blesser, who is the giver of every good and perfect gift, who has not changed. But notice, the people's hearts and the way they are moving in their emotions and desires has hindered him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Very interesting. So, uh, you notice the word has not changed. The seed has not changed. God has not changed. He never changes. Hallelujah. It's just the hearts and the emotions and the reactions of people to that word and to him that changes everything. Are you getting that? Interesting, right? Let's go also 
to uh, Matthew and the 11th chapter, as observed there, um, let me see, praise God, Matthew eleven twenty one, I think, yeah, he says, Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> but I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day, etc., etc. Do you notice how he is talking now to towns, cities, groups of people living together. So he came to Nazareth. Nothing special could happen there. And then among these people here, Chorazin, Bethsaida, notice there again Tyre and Sidon. In the history of this, apparently Tyre and Sidon were pretty wicked places, comparatively wicked. And Bethsaida and Chorazin used to consider these two as too wicked and that they were better, you know. <laughs> Meantime, what Jesus has to say is that if the miracles that he did in Bethsaida and Chorazin had actually happened in Tyre and Sidon, Tyre and Sidon would have produced better results. Are you seeing that? So he's dealing with um, people and then places that have to change their heart attitudes. He has not changed. He'll never change. He's the blesser. He's the healer. He's the giver. He's the one who has come with good news. Hallelujah. And he never changes. Those hearts have to change. Those people and the reception that they give to the word has to be adjusted. And then the results will come. This is what we know. What we don't know, don't worry about it. Hallelujah. What we don't know should not now begin to offend us and begin to trip us up. And because of somebody that's close to you, that you prayed for, that you were believing for, that you were expecting something, and it did not really happen, it does not have to now climb on your head and on your life and put you down and squeeze you up and make you walk away. Hallelujah. If you face it, you'll notice how these are the things that actually start happening even as you are going forward in your Christian life and you have developed to some level and some things begin to happen which you did not expect, maybe to someone really close to you, then things begin to get, you know, shaky and you don't have that, that vim and that vitality and that vigor and that raw, you know, testimony that you used to bear. Hallelujah. And you lose your joy. And you, use, you begin to carry this you know, empty shell-like facade around with you just getting along. Hallelujah. So if Jesus were here with us today, he would tell us he has not changed. The word has not changed. You don't know what those people were thinking. You don't know what's going on in their heart. You don't know what they actually are inside. That only God sees. 
Let's read that also for a minute before we proceed. First Samuel, you know, uh, amazing scripture there, chapter 16, um, you know, from the story of uh, David and Goliath. It's an amazing scripture during the anointing ceremony of the brothers of David. He says in verse 7, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Hallelujah. Can we hear that in Canada, please? Let's see if I... Adare kattanu samuvela nige, nino avana rupavannu avana dehada uddavannu drushkisa beda, avanannu nanu tiraskarisidenu, kattanu manushirante horagina torikeyannu matra nodade rudayavanne noduvanu andanu. Amen. So, only God knows what they are actually thinking, what they are actually believing, what's actually going on inside them. You and I don't know. Hallelujah. So... Don't compare your life with somebody else's life and don't share, in quote, an offense from somebody else's life and carry it into your life and burden yourself and beat your own life down. Because Jesus has not changed. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word will never change. It is incorruptible. The word is always incorruptible. But people notice that, and their attitudes and their hearts have to be adjusted. So if you go back to the story there that he was narrating in Mark chapter 4, he says there there were four types of hearts. Amen. Notice, and uh, you know, the Bible declares that in verse 4, it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, fowls of the air came and devoured it. Notice how much time the word spent with that heart. Almost no time. Instantly it's gone. So it's the time spent in that heart that is important. The word must have place and be frequent in that environment of our deep thoughts and our imaginations. It must affect our imagination. It must begin to affect our deep thoughts. Hallelujah. See, so this first type had almost zero time. Birds came and took it away. Next, verse 5 says, Some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. So here there is some time there because there is some earth. And so the exposure of the word to that ground and that earth was okay. It was there for some time, notice. But because there was no further time spent, notice, when problems, challenges came, they were not able to handle it. Verse 6 says, when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. So if the interaction of the word had been deeper, no matter what had happened, they had continued in that word-based thinking, trusting the word, they would have endured that too. But they didn't have that much time with the word. And so the challenges were able to knock them off again, withered away. Verse 7, and some fell 
among thorns. Hmm, this is interesting. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. In this case, there is a growth taking place. They're coming along. The word has been there. Hallelujah. And then something begins to happen to choke them. As you read further down, you'll notice it says, the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches entered and choked the word. In other words, they had reached a place where they began to see prosperity. They began to see increase. And then they went after the increase rather than continue with the word. Nothing wrong with the increase, but it should not deviate you from the time in the word, the fellowship with God. Are you getting that? Hallelujah. So, it is not supposed to now bring prosperity and blessing into our lives and then we just shortcut and stymie it and stop it there and then go after these things. No. It is supposed to be a lifelong enjoyment of His fellowship, 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 fellowship from the Word, from our Father. Our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son by the Word of God. That life has now manifested. It's in the Word and our fellowship is with the Word through the Spirit of God and you enjoy that and no matter what happens, you're not distracted from that. See, so you become like that city, like that town that receives Him and He wants to stay there. Glory to God. So the healer has not changed. The blesser has not changed. The provider has not changed. The good God has not changed. The Word has not changed. The seed has not changed. He never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But our hearts have to adjust and come in line and fellowship with Him, fellowship with the Word, continue intimacy with these realities of God's Word, no matter what is happening on the outside, even if you don't have all the answers. Praise God. Even if you can't explain why this and that happened and why that did not happen and why so on and so forth. What you know has to be held onto, believed and trusted in patiently. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Now, if we stop there on three hearts, what would happen? You may say, uh, well, it looks like the word doesn't really work because in all these hearts, we didn't see any fulfillment. But thank God it didn't end there. There was a fourth heart. Amen? Isn't it nice that there was a fourth heart? If it had just stopped at three hearts, then you could blame the word. But then if there's one person or just one more heart that could take the word and hang around with the word and receive from the word, then you can't blame the word. <laughs> so it says in verse 8, the other fell on good ground, and it did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, some an hundred. Glory to God. So that proves that if you stick with the Word and hang around fellowship with Him, 
and maintain that walk, it doesn't matter. Production is coming. 30, 60, 100 fold. Hallelujah. And then, once you get to that place, usually you are pretty stable. And then, if something bad happens to someone that you are very close to, um, someone like Job, for instance, he was a very upright man, the Bible said, that eschewed evil. You know, and then suddenly, if you did not know from God's standpoint, you would say, what happened to that man? He was a good man. He eschewed evil. I mean, he was such a good man. What, what was that? And then you could get affected and you could actually slough off and go backwards. Amen? So, in other words, we must always be guarding ourselves to walk in the light of what we know and not to just be comparing with others and not to be actually uh, taking the place of God in other people's lives. Only God knows what is going on in them. Hallelujah. Yeah, we can, we can pray for them. We can believe for them. But, you know, you cannot be sure, even in prayer of agreement, how many people really agree with what you agree on? How many people really believe what you are believing? See? So, there is... There are shades there. You cannot see exactly what that person is. Only God knows exactly. So agree with God and try as much as possible to agree with others in prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you cannot use prayer to force people. God Almighty came to the earth as a man. If He could have forced people, He would have had the same results in every city. But he could not. I mean, who can pray like Jesus? Jesus prayed. Jesus got answers. Jesus taught people how to pray. But Jesus could not change cities unless those cities were willing. Are you getting this? Think about it. For one person, he would go to a town. Praise God. Very interesting. What a thought. So, if those cities had made adjustments, praise God, we would have had a different report. The importance of the individual heart and the thoughts of the person are so vital. That's why we are trying to hang around the things of God and get and live and be a testimony of what Jesus paid for and the life that He expects us to enjoy. Amen? So my brother, my sister, we are all adjusting. We're all constantly examining. We're judging ourselves, not judging others. Are you getting this? We are making sure that we stand properly before the Word of God. Whatever has to be tweaked, adjusted, we make that adjustment. We're not comparing with others. We're not allowing uh, the failures or the tragedies of other people's faith affect us. Hallelujah. God have mercy. Glory to God. So, suppose you are enjoying a benefit of being there. You are seeing results. You are seeing answers. You are getting all that you are believing God for. What do you do? How do you proceed? The next verse gives us the answer. Verse 9. And he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. 
Now, this looks normal. It sounds normal too. But examine it a little closely. Verse 9. He said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's hear this in Canada also, verse 9 of uh, Mark 4. Amen. Keep that thought and let's go to a similar kind of scripture in Revelation, the third chapter. You remember talking to the churches there, he said such language also. Notice what he said in verse 6 of Revelation 3. He says, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. What's the difference? Let's read it again. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. The little difference there is, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear. Did you notice that? Okay. Now, if you have a little app on your phone uh, from which you read or your computer or whatever, you will notice the word hear is mentioned once. It's the Strong's number 191 there in Revelation 3. He that has an ear, let him hear. Did you see that? Meanwhile, what he said in the previous verse in Mark chapter 4, in the ninth verse, it was different. Did you notice that? He said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Here he mentions hear, hear twice. Did you see that? So in other words, the actual is supposed to be just keep hearing and hearing. <laughs> Once you've reached a certain place and you think you've, you've been enjoying the 30, the 60, and the increase, and the 100, and all, you keep hearing and hearing. That's what you do. You don't look at others and say, I've arrived, so I can kind of ease off now. I'm better than this guy and that guy. Just keep hearing. Because there's no guarantee that Mr. D is not going to try something. There's no guarantee that circumstances are not going to come. There's no guarantee while you're on the planet that some evil may be coming down the pipe. And you need to be constantly on a daily basis hearing and hearing strengthened to be able to stand and not be shaken from your stable place. Are you getting this? Very important point there because, you know, people who have been strong and moved with the Lord, and then eventually you hear about them, what? The guy says that he's no more going to do Christian work, and he has totally left ministry, and he has gone totally in a different direction. Have you heard things like that? Yes. These are those days. These are the days when such unlawlessness, and I mean lawlessness and unrighteous things are going on, all kinds of challenges, peculiar times in which we live evil, perilous days, evil, perilous times, and you know, challenges out there that you and I should not just rest on our oars and say, well, I've arrived, I've achieved, therefore I can just kind of doodle along. No, you can't. We need to keep hearing and hearing. 
As long as we're here, one day at a time, let's keep going forward. Let's keep believing. Amen? Now, let's see if we can strike a few examples. For instance, Acts chapter 7. You're familiar with it? Yes. There were uh, seven men chosen to serve tables, to help out in the ministry. They were the original ministry team. While the apostles, like Peter, would give themselves to prayer and the study of the Word, these people would be helping to minister to the natural needs of people. They had to be people full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom, full of faith. You remember? All of that. And among them, there was this person called Stephen, chosen, right? Guess what? He was a man of faith, full of the Holy Ghost. He did signs and wonders. Praise God. In fact, that's how uh, he's preaching away in Acts chapter 7. And there are, you know, people who are steeped in religion listening to him. And he preaches about how it all began with Abraham and then came to Joseph and then the whole uh, Egyptian journey and then Moses. And then he talks about how Moses said that there was a prophet coming that would be like him and that we should listen to him. And then he continues and preaches Christ right there from the scripture. And so the people get angry and they cover their ears and they gnash their teeth and they stone him. Let's go down there and notice. This man is a man full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom. He's serving. He's doing everything. And he's, he's producing results. Isn't that true? So as you keep reading about him, notice we reach um, verse 58. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. When he said this, he fell asleep. I have never seen somebody that, that close to Jesus, right? While being killed, he said, don't lay this to their charge. In the scripture. Isn't that interesting? Praise God. And, and the Bible says that, you know, at some point, he said this. Look at verse 56. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open, the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. That's when they closed their ears and they rushed towards him, gnashing their teeth. Notice verse 55. Again, he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Wow. Can you see that? Hmm. <laughs> Let's maybe read two or three of those kind of verses. Um, let's see verse 55 in Kannada, please. Acts 7. Amen. Wow, look at that. And let's read maybe the next line, verse 56. Praise God. And Notice verse 60 also, and he kneeled down. 
ಮೊಣಕಾಲೂರಿ ಕತ್ತನೆ ಈ ಪಾಪವನ್ನು ಅವರ ಮೇಲೆ ಹೊರಿಸಬೇಡವೆಂದು ಮಹಾಶಬ್ದದಿಂದ ಕೂಗಿದನು ಇದನ್ನು ಹೇಳಿದ ತರುವಾಯ ನಿದ್ರೆ ಹೋದನು There's no doubt this man is a man of amazing faith and he's full of the Holy Ghost. I mean he's preaching, he's just teaching, he's going forward, he's doing it all. And the Bible tells us in the 6th chapter as you read along, you know, the end part it says there that he was beginning to do miracles and God was using him. There's no question about the fact that he was imitating Jesus. loving them from that place of torture do not lay this against them forgive them etc so you know th- what's wrong with this man as far as you and i know nothing is wrong with him so how come he doesn't get delivered but paul would be stoned left for dead and then he would rise up and go back into those cities how come it didn't happen for this man well you don't know i don't know there are clues maybe for instance he said i see the son of man he saw heaven open he saw jesus you don't know maybe deep inside him he was like wow i i just want to be with jesus i don't know praise god hallelujah maybe he saw so much of the glory he just said you know what i just want to be with you you can't tell really right this is how it is you know we may not be able to answer why some people were delivered you remember in peter's story in acts chapter 12 maybe we can read that also similar thought we use it for prayer that the prayer of the church continually was there and thank god for that but notice here how it begins in verse One, it says, Acts 12, verse 1, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Who's this James? This James is the one who was with Peter, James, and John. That James. That trio, those three who used to be specially around Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, that James hallelujah they killed James the brother of John and because he saw that it pleased the Jews proceeded further to take Peter and they were planning to kill Peter also then the bible says you know prayer was made of the church without ceasing you remember that's what you know what we can g- gather from it is that we can pray let us pray maybe the church didn't pray for james or maybe they prayed for james i don't know but what we know is pray without ceasing hallelujah like that there are you know questions that will arise does god love peter more than james uh, you know etc etc people can now begin to say i don't want that kind of god why couldn't he do that for for james too <laughs> but you and i know that there's no other way for us <laughs> we have to just walk in the light that we have that was james that was peter now it's my turn i should just maintain my walk of faith without giving up hallelujah amen interesting thoughts let's see if we can uh, 
look at a thing or two before we close. We have a few minutes left. Notice Hebrews chapter 10. Observe there. Let's start off by saying from verse 34, For you had compassion of me in my bonds, took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourself that you have in heaven a better and enduring substance. So these are people who saw heavenly material, heavenly blessings, the reality of heaven, and gave it so much value that they did not care about the natural possession so much. It didn't make them backslide at that point, right? They actually were enjoying the whole process of considering heaven to be more precious than their natural substance. But eventually, things begin to break into their life. Verse 35, he tells them, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. In other words, at some point they seem to have thrown away their confidence, for, he explains, 36, you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. See, so these are people who have enjoyed a level of walk and heavenly fellowship and communion that they are just full, but then when things did not come around at the right time in quotes, they began to now throw away their confidence. He said, you need patience. Hallelujah. Don't throw away your confidence. And confidence is, you know, slightly different because confidence has to do with experience. It's boldness because of your experience with God. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. That, that is something like a personal testimony, your testimony. So he's referring to their testimony. When they took your property, it did not move you. You took it joyfully. You laughed. <laughs> is that all you can do? Amen. They were those kind of people. But then as time passed and it began to erode away, they threw away their confidence. So just because you've started achieving and receiving doesn't mean that you step back and begin to take it easy. No, you hear again. You keep hearing. It's the same Bible. It's the same seed. It's the same word. There's a wicked devil out there. He doesn't stop. He looks for another opportunity. And we live in these times. So this is a time that we cannot be offended. We cannot allow these things to come in and steal from us. Hallelujah. Praise God. God will help us. Thank you, Jesus. What do you think? God is faithful, right? Shall we worship Him for a few minutes? Oh, Father, we thank you for bringing us to the earth for such a time as this. You did not make a mistake. You chose the right time. This is the time. Thank you, Lord. You knew this time before time began. Oh, hallelujah. You knew this was the moment for us. You created us for this 
special moment, this particular time. And we are grateful. It was your wisdom that abounded towards us. Your good pleasure that abounded toward us in bringing us to this moment. Oh, we worship you. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for fellowship with your word. Fellowship with you, O Lord, that we will do it on a daily basis. What we know, what we have enjoyed, we will continue to walk in it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for revelation. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord. Ah, just a minute. Let's read that 35th verse in Canada also. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. So let's be looking forward to the reward. Always expecting. Without faith, you cannot please God. You must believe there's a reward coming. You must expect a reward. Hallelujah. The time is not your problem. The time is God's problem. Our problem is to believe. Our problem is to expect. Our problem is to praise Him and thank Him and walk in fellowship with Him. Don't worry about the time. Hallelujah. We are sent to this time. It doesn't matter. Let's believe God. Let's keep on believing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 You are faithful. You never change. You're a good God. You put us for this time, this particular time on the earth. Hallelujah, Abba Father. We are grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful. Your word has not changed. Your word never changes. It is producing in our lives. It is bearing fruit. You have put your hand upon us and ordained us to go and bring forth fruit. And our fruit should remain. Hallelujah. That's what's going to happen, Lord. Nothing less than that. We're going to be fruitful. We're going to do what you call us to do. We're going to maintain and continue walking with your word, walking with you, O Holy One, walking in the Spirit, fellowshipping with you, and it is true fellowship. We worship you, great King. We bless you, Holy One. We thank you for anyone who has had questions, fears. We thank you for anyone who has been offended, considering this, that, and the other. Worrying about this, that, and the other. Father, in Jesus' name, let mercy flood their beings right now. That they may let go of the offense. Let go of those pains and hurts. And begin to focus on the incorruptible seed of God's word. That you have never changed and you will never change. And our hearts are producing. We bless you, Father. We thank you, Father. Thank you for forgetting the things that are past and pressing on to the things that are ahead in the name of Jesus, one day at a time, one day at a time. May we handle that day. May we handle the word in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We bless you. We worship you for your mercy right now. We worship you for your goodness right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We receive from you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
you like to give, this is a great opportunity to give. You can do so in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, team. You are blessed as you stand in faith. Expect in Jesus' name.